Hey everyone, so before we get into this new episode, I wanted to just give an update, um, have a quick little chat. Um, I've missed you all, I know it's been about a month since the last episode, um, which was a real um, absolute wonderful one. If you haven't listened to that already, it was with my business mentor Ruby Lee. it's just been crazy, obviously, Christmas time, holiday season, everyone's been going away. I've had a few trips away myself and really had so much growth this last month. Um, I'm super, super excited to announce my How to Be Invincible Circles. If you are in Sydney, um, I moved to Bondi Beach and I am hosting in-person business, spirituality, sex and finance events, so uh, talking circles to really dig into who you are as a person, um, to have a really safe space with other people who love, support and encourage you no matter where you are in your journey. Um, I want the best for all of you and this is something that has taken a really long time to actually get to, probably I've been thinking about it for the last few months or so. And, um, yeah, it's really just come into my life through so many conversations, so many chats um, with different people that have brought up different new things. Um, And I'm so, so proud of these circles. Um, So if you are interested, they'll probably be around. Um, I think think they're on my link tree links um, but also a Facebook event and it'll be on Eventbrite soon um, shortly as well. Um, Before we get into today's episode um, I just wanted to put a bit of a disclaimer. Um, John is absolutely wonderful um, but there's a lot of content in this episode so do you know have some time to really process Um, It might be a bit full-on, depending. Um, And just know that it's okay to take some some breaks, uh, to to pause and to ride and to integrate. And um, yeah, it kind of blew my mind (laughs) the whole episode. And we actually recorded this at 9pm Sydney time because John is in the UK. And I couldn't sleep at all until like 4am because I had so much energy just buzzing from this call. So um, it's a pretty intense one, I'd say. And um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, But without further ado, here is the episode with John. He's such a wonderful human being and um, I hope you really get so much from him just as I did. So... Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting me. Um, I'll be back to a more regular schedule in the new year. So thanks so much, and um, hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to um, How the, the How to Be Invincible podcast. This is episode seven with my spirituality mentor, John Richards. Um, he is an amazing, amazing individual. Um, I feel like I won't do him justice by introducing him. So um, I would love to, you know, hear a bit about you, your story, and just, um, you know, how you self-identify and um, we'll kind of get started from there. Okay, well... Um... I think we met like I meet almost everyone that I work with through a, just a totally bizarre and unexpected 
um, series of circumstances. So it was a miracle, really, wasn't it, that we got in contact. Uh, if I look back and think about, you know, my son said, like, what was I doing today? And I tell him about the podcast and he says, oh, who's Bella? And I think, like, how do me and Bella know each other? Because it's just amazing the way that it worked out. But I did a podcast um, a few months ago for a guy called Colin um, Dinglestat, I think his name is, and he runs an online community. And um, through that, um, I think you had commented on that on that particular podcast, and then we sort of just got got in contact online. So um, since then, we've had loads of contact, and you've been a real uh, help to me. You've uh, taught me a lot of things about <laughs> about the online world because I I don't really do anything online and I don't know a lot about social media. I do at a minimum, but um, I don't really understand that word very much. So, um, so my background is uh, that I was brought up in a community, and uh, my parents have a very very strong uh, faith, and they were those people in the seventies who sort of gave up their uh, jobs and their careers and their house and moved into the countryside and then got involved in a community of like-minded people who really wanted to help people so from my childhood I have an older sister and a younger sister I lived in an open house community so um, I don't have any memory in my childhood of uh, sort of just being with my family we were so blessed because we had people from living uh, living uh, all over the world would come and stay with us and my parents would just look after them so my mum is a TEFL teacher and she, my parents have a habit of finding someone um, and then just saying to them, come and live with us, come and live with us and we'll look after you. So my childhood was a community. So I always say that because anything that I've been able to do uh, since in terms of some of the limited stuff I've done, I haven't been able to do anything like the level to my parents. But I look back and I just think that I was so blessed and um, life was so gracious to me because I was brought up in a community that prepared me for um, some of the things I'm doing now. And then when I was 16, I moved abroad and um, I went from being like in a comprehensive where I was into drugs and fighting and football and all of those type, types of things. I moved to the oldest British school in Europe, which is in North Portugal, right on a coastline in a beautiful part of the world. And so then I was in a community um, with like 16, I think it was like 16 different nationalities in my class or a huge amount of people from all around the world. And I had two years in that community. And between the ages of 16, 17, 18, I grew up in that community. So that was an incredibly formative time of life because your age between 16, 17, 18, where you transition from your teenage independence into the responsibilities of adulthood is really, really important. And when we work with people on their life journey, that has a huge impact that season in their life. So for me, I was really blessed that I met some amazing people over there and then came back to the UK and I did a degree in creative writing and English lit. Um, but really, since then, I'm 40. Goodness, last week I was. My son reminds me, I'm a I'm a middle-aged man now. I'm 44, Bella. Uh, <laughs> last week I was 44, and so for really nearly all of my life, I've worked in two areas. Really, I work in um, homelessness, and I work in crisis intervention. So I've been involved in setting up and running communities for very severely abused people in crisis. Most of our clients are 16 to 25. So people at just that key, key time in their life where they're moving into adulthood. Um, and what we do is that we have residential communities that we move vulnerable young people into who are street homeless or who are in very severely abused backgrounds or who are maybe living in a, a very abusive situation. We move them into a community and then my wonderful team nurture them and look after them and cook with them and support them and listen to them and build a home for them where they can stay for weeks, months, years, sometimes two or three years. And we try to bring about healing for them 
Um, so I've done that for 20 years. And uh, alongside that, I a few years ago, I met some uh, wonderful uh, people. Um, one who's a guy called Neil Lawton, um, who is a ex-Special um, Forces um, captain and uh, someone who's a real adventurer and explorer. And then Angus Wingfield, who works in conservation in Africa. And we set up a project together called the Inspiration Programme. And uh, I run the development side of that and the, and the sort of uh, spirituality side of that. And they run the adventure and the conservation. And we take people into very remote parts of the world and uh, link them with amazing people and communities and take them right out into the wild and do, um, I guess you would say, a kind of retreat with them. Um, so just give them opportunity to think and to stop and to be away from busyness. So, for example, last year we went right up into the Himalayas and um, we, we co-led the first ever Sherpa-led um, retreat in the Himalayas. That hasn't happened in history because the Sherpas normally would just carry people's bags and take the risk. Um, and when I went over there and spent some time in, in Tibet and met the Sherpas, I thought these people are so far beyond in their spirituality and understanding anything that we understand in the West. So uh. if I brought clients over, would they share a retreat and would speak to our, our clients? And so we take business people and individuals and business owners out into the Himalayas. And then we have a private game reserve in Africa that we take people out to and get people out on safari and into the wild just to kind of uh, think so those are two things i do and the third thing i do which i guess i've done with you is that i do one-to-one -one work with people i don't do any therapy i'm not a therapist i don't do any coaching um i tend to work with people subconscious and with their dreams so 99 of what i do is dream interpretation so i start working with someone like i did with you and i trigger a process in their subconscious so i try to and then like i said to you when you start having the dreams please contact me and you uh, laughed slightly nervously. And then a few weeks later, you contacted me and said, oh, John, I've had this amazing dream. <laughs> um, amazing. So, it was crazy. Yes. So, yeah. So I tend to do dream work with people in different parts of the, of the world. And I guess that's how we met. So working with people's dreams is the greatest joy of all, because if you're coaching people or if you're... Um, training people or if you're a therapeutic person you rely on your ability and you rely on your training and you rely on your propensity to be able to change behavior and inculcate behaviors in people but when you do dream work you and I we rely on grace we rely on being helped and we both approach the process as it being a mystery and we stumble forward curiously together through the wilderness of your dreams and we trust that we will be helped and that tends to be the work that inspires and motivates me i'm a terrible coach i'm a terrible therapist because i just talk about myself all the time as you probably tell <laughs> so uh, no, it's great, yeah. really enthrall me so that's kind of a bit of background to me yeah it's so amazing like this is maybe the third or fourth or fifth time i've heard your story and i still can't get enough and there's always these beautiful nuggets like you have this such rich history and just so many things you say and so many parts of your story have just stayed with me um for the last couple of months so yeah just to share with our listeners we did meet a few months ago i think it was in end of august so eight it's about four months now and um, we kind of started these regular chats um like 
maybe weekly these days it's more like catch-ups maybe monthly um but it's just been such a great experience knowing you and john really helped me out of a very very dark pit that i was in um if you tune into last episode with ruby um right before kind of work uh, meeting john and working with ruby and all this um great stuff that kind of came up in my life i was doing I was doing really well kind of financially and business in the business sense, but I completely lost myself in the spiritual sense. I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing anymore. And and I felt like there was just more to life, but I I couldn't see the answer until, until I listened to John and John was just this amazing beacon of light for me. And through working with John, um, it changed my entire, like, trajectory of my life. I really, really learned so much. There, there are all these key pieces throughout the journey. Um, you know, you ask me questions like in three to five years from now, if you look at yourself in the mirror, will you be proud of the person looking back at you? And that that's one thing that, you know, I, I ask a lot of people in my life and I really reflect on every, you know, every few weeks and try to process and integrate and, and really like be proud of the person I am constantly. And, and it's just, yeah, I love what you say about um, feeling blessed and, and, you know, really trust and um, being able to let go and all of these lessons are just so wonderful that I've really kind of um, come to love and accept and and like the importance of community and there's just so many beautiful lessons out of um, the words you you speak and you're so humble as well that's like you know um, something that I really learned from you was how important how so 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 important humility is and and something that you know will never will never go away from me is just like really sticking to my humility and and I'd love to kind of hear more of your thoughts around your philosophy around life and that kind of um uh, aspect of it too um yeah I mean always like it's really so lovely for me to hear you talking but you know whenever I hear one of my clients talking the way that you've just talked I always think and feel the same thing I think these people say these really lovely things about how you've helped them. Why can't you help yourself? Why do you struggle so much in your own life? And I think that, like for me, it's such a strange kind of conundrum that we can be wounded healers. Mm. So there are things that you describe having happened that I've kind of helped you with, that I am still struggling with myself. And one of my great heroes is someone called uh, Gabor Mate. And he tells this really funny story how I think he got off some pub. Uh, do you know Gabor Mate, who talks about trauma and addiction? He's a, he's a really amazing kind of person. And uh, he's really world famous in, in, the, in recovery. And um, in that kind of sphere, he's a really famous Canadian. I think he's like a doctor or psychiatrist. But he says sometimes he, I think he says something like sometimes he gets off like one of his calls where he's been talking to people about all this amazing spirituality. And his wife very gently says to him, do you think maybe you could apply some of it to your own life? And uh, he always laughs. I I think that, um, you know, you say that I'm humble as a person. So let me uh, tell you a few things that I have come to understand about my own life. So when I talk about my work and my opinions, I am quite an opinionated person, I think. And I um, just have to say, when I talk about these things, you should weigh them. Because I don't know that I'm right but I'm really passionate about thinking and exploring. So I will say things forcefully, but it's possible that me and you in five years time could be sitting on some crazy beach in Thailand and watch this interview and we could both go, what an idiot you were, John, what are you talking about? 
because the truth is that we're always changing and growing. So I try to live in the tension of confidence and um, being strong and committed to what I believe. And that drives me and, and engines me forward, draws me forward, I should say. Um, but I try at the same time to be curious and to recognize that I don't know, Bella. Like when I met you, I don't know how to help you. I'm not a coach. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a therapist. I don't have this whole range of skills that I want to impart. What I said to you in the beginning was that I'm willing to listen to you and let's listen together. Let's listen together to what comes out of your heart. And when you work with street homeless people for as long as I have, I've spent hundreds of thousands of hours working with people talking about trauma. And you know, when you work with people who are poor in spirit, you know, the first thing Jesus says, he says, blessed to you when you're poor in spirit. And in our modern culture, if you go online, you don't hear anyone who's poor in spirit. You hear people who are bigging themselves up and bigging up their own image. And the thing is about being poor in spirit, it's just willingness to be who you really are, to be humble. And when you work with people who are homeless or have been through suffering or addiction, the great advantage that they have is that life has um, allowed them to see themselves for who they really are. So they're not mm. able to pick themselves up. They don't have a multi-million pound company or a huge Bentley. They have to be who they really are. And the huge blessing of working with those people is that you do real work and you learn about yourself and you learn that you're just like them. And I have had hundreds of experiences where in the morning I was in the homeless project and in the afternoon or evening, I was talking to a CEO, sometimes in London at a conference with multi, multi-millionaires. And what I noticed one-to-one -one is that the homeless young woman on the seafront, wondering whether or not she will be able to care for the baby that she's bearing, has exactly the same problems and issues as the man who's worth 500 million pounds in Mayfair in the evening who I meet with and speak to in loneliness loneliness and uncertainty about identity and anxiety and difficulty and at root one of the tragedies about the modern world is that our desire for wealth and success has separated us and in order for us to be healed and to be whole we have to understand that everything is connected and one of the things that what's happening with the pandemic is is nature attempting to whisper to us that everything is connected in the way that you treat one another, your communities, your environment, what you do in a particular mm. part of the world will affect you in another part of the world. So I'm interested in integration and kind of connection between people. And uh, when you ask about um, humility, uh, there's few things that I'm certain of in my work. My work is mostly mysterious. I don't understand it. Most of my daily work is me stumbling forward in the dark and falling on my face and doing talks about these deep spiritual subjects. And then on the way home, having terrible road rage and swearing at an old lady trying to get out of the road in front of me. That's the reality of my life. That's who yeah. I am. I'm, I'm not a guru. I'm, I, that's me. But there's one thing I'm certain of. There's one thing I'm certain of, and it's this. It's that there's only two ways to live your life. Either you can live a delusional life or you can live a humble life. There's no middle ground. People who aren't humble are just delusional. They live in delusion. Oh my God. The truth is that, the truth is that the only way to escape your delusions is through recognizing who you are. 
and recognizing that you should be humble and you should be broken in spirit and you should recognize who you really are. And I have worked with very, very well-known successful people with stacks of money and success. I've never ever seen a human suffering from anxiety or depression or in crisis in their life that wasn't the exact result of them believing delusions about themselves, being locked into delusion. And in this generation, we worship image, we worship delusion. So think about the fact that in this generation, what's the highest thing that you can aspire to? If you look at who are the people who are treated in our community as gods, they are the Leonardo DiCaprio's or the Brad Pitt's or the Angelina Jolie's. And think about what we're doing as a community. The highest award that we can give an Oscar for acting, isn't it fascinating that in our generation that we say that the highest thing you can aspire to is that you were the human who was best this year at pretending to be someone else. You were the human this year who was best um. at pretending to be someone else. We worship fantasy and delusion because we're afraid of who we really are. And the way to peace and joy, to live a life of suffering and joy, where you recognize the suffering and you allow the suffering to cut a channel into your spirit through which you can channel and feel joy is to face your delusions, to face your delusions. And if you do that, you'll find the grace of life making you humble and making you realize that humility is simply just seeing yourself as you really are without having to puff yourself up, without having to be certain about your opinions. So uh, can I carry on and say one more thing? Of course, of course. It's just so, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> on, so if we, if we talk about what's happening in the world today is that in, uh, in ancient times, the, the, the devil, the dark force was very often called, have you heard of the word Diablo? Diablo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Diablo is a synonym. Is, a, is an expression for, so I'm speaking metaphorically, okay? Mm -hmm. So so the demonic, the dark, was called diabolon from the word diabolon. And the word diabolon means to separate. Mm -hmm. So what olden cultures knew was that the one who separates should be feared. The darkness in your mind and in your heart is the one who separates. Now, one of the things you'll notice is happening in the world today through things like Brexit, and through things like uh, American politics, Trump and other people, through things like COVID, is that our generation, my son's generation, is growing in a world where people are increasingly separated. It's what we call the spirit of diabolum. It's the spirit that separates people. So uh, an issue is dropped into the into culture, Brexit or, uh, uh, or Donald Trump or COVID. And if you go on social media or you read the papers, what you'll find is that the humans are all certain that they're right about their take on that issue. So on one side, you have a whole lot of people who are certain. And on another side, you have a whole lot of people who are certain. And neither of those groups will budge. And what that's doing to our culture in these last years is that it's bringing terrible, terrible separation. And the opposite in ancient times to, uh, to diabolon, which was the spirit of separation, which is what we're seeing now, was the word symboline, to symbolize, which means to integrate, which means to bring together. 
And if you look at my own country, let me give you an example in my own country. Imagine if when the debate for Brexit had come up, come, come up, you had a whole lot of people in leadership saying, look, here's the truth. Let's start this process being humble. We don't know in truth what is best for the UK. We don't know. We can lie and pretend we do. We can be certain in our delusion that we know what is right. Or we can start this process that's so crucial for our country from a place of humility and saying, look, we don't know what is the right outcome. But if we are symbolized, if we're integrated, if we work together as a community, whether we get the final decision right or wrong, we will be okay because we are blessed and we'll be humble as a nation. In fact, the opposite, that's what would happen in, tri in the tribe. In fact, in our modern cultures, what happens, a symbol is dropped, an issue is dropped into culture, and immediately the two sides get taken up. People who are certain that Brexit is the right thing and people who are certain that it's the wrong thing. And they think that the issue they're facing has something to do with Brexit and has something to do with the European Union because spiritually their eyes are closed and they don't recognize that what is facing the humans in this, these next 50 years is the issue of diabolon, is the issue of separation. Mm. The communities all over the world through wealth and through social media and through issues in their own certainty, their lack of any understanding of humility, communities are being separated and separated mm. and separated. And the impact on individuals' mental health and wellness is absolutely catastrophic. And, you know, when I go up into the Himalayas, uh, into the mountains, and I work with people in those communities and talk to those people, there is no diabolism. There is just symboling. There is togetherness. There is community. They have so little. But all of the children are smiling and happy mm -hmm. because they're not covetous. They're not certain that they're right. They live in a context of wholeness with nature and their community keeps them humble. So I don't know that I'm right about what I've just said, but it's what I'm thinking about at the moment and it's what I'm trying to grapple with. So in my life, uh, I aspire to be a more spiritual person. What does it mean to be a spiritual person? What's the difference between pursuing spirituality and pursuing success and pursuing um, being a politically minded person. There's only one difference. The way that we're conditioned in our modern culture is that we have these very, very strong views about what other people should do and what the world should do and what communities should do. Like I've just been saying, that's the uh, broken side of me. But to be truly spiritual, I think, is that I should be overly concerned about what it is that I should do. How mm. should I be symbolized and humble and community-minded in my relationship with my beloved son? How should I negotiate the path of forgiveness with my ex-wife? How should I, with the people I find difficult in my life, how should I be humble and mm. be learning and be curious? And that's really the challenge for me. I can get on a call like this and I can uh, talk about my opinions and people can say, wow, some of that's interesting, but that's not being spiritual. Being spiritual is the way I speak to my son. It's mm. giving away a tenth of my money. It's in my own life, honoring my parents and seeking the work of forgiveness and grace and mercy in my own heart. And in that area, I am far, far, far from 
being <laughs> where I should be and where I want to be. I'm in a process of struggle. And for all of us, it's in that struggle where I hope that we can stay humble because anyone can get online and say clever things, but few people can really love their friends or their partner. Few people can really love run a business in a way that is not pursuing after success, but that is pursuing after fruitfulness. And the great joy in life is to make your life fruitful, to give up your pursuit of success or image, but to find that when you look back over these years that your life is measured in fruitfulness, in the amount that it's been able to add to other people's story. And those were the things we talked about in our calls when we when we met. So that's what yeah. I've been thinking about. That's so cool. So cool. Um, wow, that's a lot. It's a lot. Like <laughs> my brain's like, whoa, this is great. I'm like, I started getting my notebook out and writing notes. Um, and I just want to note for the listeners too, like I, I hear my heart beating. <laughs> it's like really intense. Um, it's just really cool. Um, what you said just now, the last point, it made me think of just taking responsibility for your own life and um, living just very intuitively. And that's something that um, I've been really grappling with and really, you know, working through and just like, like working to, to practice every day, just being super intentional and, and like never regretting a single decision I make in my life nowadays because I'm always doing what feels the best for, for my soul. And, and what I know at that point is the, is the best decision that I can make with the information that I have um, to like in that moment. So no matter what, like everything's going to be okay. And no matter what, like I'm going to be ready to, I'm going to be ready with whatever like life throws at me and I'm going to, you know, no matter what happens to me, that's what I'm meant to go through kind of to get to my next point. And just having this complete faith and this complete trust in the universe, it's, it's really something magical. Um, and, you know, it's like these things like, you know, things like soulmates, things like magic. Like I, I was always like, yeah, sure. You know, that's not real, but I see magic every day nowadays like just in in the rainbows from from the glass and and the sun and just like these these beautiful magical moments you know i'm so grateful for everything in in life like everything feels like a bonus upon a bonus upon a bonus like i take a step uh, or, or like i see the rain or i see the stars or any little thing just feels so magical and, and I think that's something like seeing that magic in everyday life like it's it's always been there and I feel like I've been a positive person throughout my life but really truly like assessing it and and, and being just feeling so strongly a part of like this universe and and the universe being a community and like our souls all connected and all this like kind of deeper spiritual work of like like i love suffering now because i know that it's so important to go through um and, and i've been able to find so much joy in the suffering as much as you know going through the suffering to experience the joy like there's just so many lessons that you know i i used to think how does it work like how does everything fit together and these days it just feels like 
Yeah, I feel so supported. I feel so supported in everything I want to achieve and everything kind of just makes sense. And, and it's a bit, it's a bit like eerie, it's a bit spooky, but um, it's just actually like such a wonderful journey um, it's been with you. And, and I think will continue to be just to, for me at least, like to help make the world a better place. And, and um, yeah, I'm just so, so grateful to have met you pretty much. Like it's just been this, this wonderful experience. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for, I can't wait for your message to be out there more, like, um, you know, depending on, on you as well. But for everyone listening, um, John has this beautiful talk, um, which is the four stages of spiritual growth. And I'll link it in the notes um, and everywhere on social medias as well. It's just this wonderful, uh, actually re-listened to it this morning. And there are so many things that came up again for me because I've probably listened to it two or three times before, but I probably I haven't listened to it in the last couple months and so much new information came up for me because you know like you're in a different place you're constantly growing and changing as you said um and and you know I, I think about how it applies to my friends and and my family and my friends that have become family and and I, I think about how it can help them and, and where people are at in in my life in their life and you know how how I can help everyone around me and it's just this beautiful talk it's about 30-ish minutes I think and it really goes through a big um, part of kind of a big journey I guess of what John does with his clients but also like what he believes about spiritual growth and um, no matter where you're at in your life um, it really touches on so many so many key topics that will help you and and it, it is a process so it's it's kind of normal to go back and forth between the stages and, and really you know keep figuring things out but it's just a, a really really wonderful talk that i would definitely suggest to everyone listening here today so um thank you thank yeah. you thank you bella so much and um, just before we close could i just say one uh, one little thing because something you said is so important of course uh, you said something so so precious, and it's lovely for me to hear some of the things you're feeding back that you that you talk about now. Um, that I remember us talking about on our first calls uh, that we kind of worked on, and you hit some themes that I work with with myself on daily. I try to work on myself, though I'm by far my most difficult and awkward and arrogant and obnoxious client. But, um, <laughs> I keep I keep slugging away at my fat head, um, but. <laughs> But one thing that's really interesting is that what you what you find that people are struggling with generally in the, in our culture is the is, is an illusion, and the illusion is that they can inculcate themselves and anaesthetize themselves from suffering. And when you uh, talk to someone, if I talk to my client about suffering in the West and in our modern culture, now this isn't true in other parts of the world I go to, but in our culture, it's always the same. When someone tells me about their suffering. What I, what I notice is that what they mean is that whenever they're not in control, whenever they're not in control, mm. that that is what represents suffering to people. They'll come mm. and tell me their issues and they'll come and tell me their problems. And one of the things that I found so fascinating is that just to go back to the delusion um, uh, metaphor we talked about, that either we can be delusional or humble and being humble makes life a lot easier is that a lot of people I've noticed, particularly when I work with very successful, very wealthy people, they seem to have been anaesthetized from suffering through their money. And they've got lots of money. And so that buys them more and more and more and more control. And they think that that will make them happier. 
But in fact, they're climbing higher and higher on a ladder. And when they look down, they have vertigo because they're not really growing in their heart and in their spirit. They're just growing more successful and they're being able to insulate themselves from suffering. And the really interesting thing is that life becomes so much easier when we recognize that there are many things in life that are uncertain. What's happened to the world and to the economy in the last year has been uncertain. But what you can absolutely count on if you're going to live and run a business or get married or have children, what you can count on if you're going to do anything of worth is suffering, yeah. suffering. You can count on suffering. And what you notice about people, and I'm going to quote AA, which is the most important spiritual mechanism that exists in all of Western culture, the mechanism that's most important through which God is working the most is that is AA community without any question. Um, but uh, the, what, what, I, what they would say in AA and what you would find is true in your life and in my life is that suffering will do two things to a human heart. Either I will become bitter or I will become better. Either your suffering will make you bitter and you'll be angry that your business isn't successful. You'll be angry about your health, that it's not working for you. You'll be angry about what's going on in your relationship. Or you will recognize that part of your nature is someone who has the propensity to grow. Mm -hmm. And I have never once, ever, in thousands of hours of working with the, the most diverse range of humans, ever once heard a human tell me that they grew through success. Ever. Never. Mm -hmm. Or through blessings. Every mm -hmm. millimeter of human growth comes from the human who in their suffering says, I feel like I want to be better, but I will choose to allow this to make me broken and humble. And I want to become, I want to become better. I don't want to be a bitter person. And you know, I've worked with some very, very severely ill people. I've worked with very violent predatory schedule one sex offenders. I've worked with people face to face I've spent hours talking to some of the most evil people in our community. And you know, when you work with these, those people and you hear their childhood and their story, what defines them and what has led them to do the awful things they've done is that their suffering has just made them bitter and isolated and they're full of bitterness. And for every time you let your suffering make you angry and bitter at the world or at the other person, mm -hmm. you give the darkest side of yourself power. It will quietly grow within you. And every time your suffering in your life makes you get on your knees and makes you think reflectively and makes you think, how can I allow this experience to break up my certainty and to change me? You grow in your spirit. And you talked about the experience of becoming aware of beauty and nature. I work with people all of the time who have got so much money and wealth and yet have no joy in their life. And I used to say to you when we met, wouldn't it be wonderful if you can begin to feel joy? And I said, here's the problem. Narrow is the way. What's the door to seeing glory in life and joy? It's accepting the fellowship of your suffering. It's allowing yourself to let go of control and take in mystery and to recognize that the great project of your life is not what's happening in your community or in politics. The great call of your life is to allow the suffering and experiences you have 
to allow you to become broken and humble and in your humility and your curiosity and your searching you will become fruitful your life will begin to grow and become like a field and you'll become like a great tree that grows up and its branches spread wide and you'll provide shade and fruit but the only way you can be that great tree is if you allow your branches to go deep into the earth deep into the spirit realm and the the roots only go deep through suffering yeah. no success makes a tree deeply mm. rooted it's suffering Mm. So thank you so much for talking to me and it's a huge privilege for me uh I don't do any interviews as you know and I don't do any podcasts I've only ever done two in my life and I was manipulated cleverly into both of those now I'm joking uh no <laughs> the only two I've done I I did because I love and I care about the people but for me it's a real privilege to be on your on your podcast and so am I allowed to go back to my paddleboarding now Yes, yes, yes. Um John lives so close to the beach and he spends a beautiful amount of time kind of boarding and it's just wonderful. Um thank you so much John. Uh, I really love those last comments. Um it just reminds me of just really going into shadow work, um being free and being detached and, and that kind of being the true the true key to like living a happy life endlessly and and that's just um Yeah, it's just so beautiful that there's people like you on this earth to share the message and I really hope that I'm able to um do that in my own way as well. So, thank you Bless so you. much. Well, thank just, you just so remember, so much. Just, yes. Just remember that you'll send me the audio file of this. I'll listen back and at times I'll think, "Oh, you said some good stuff there." But the overwhelming response I will have is, "You idiot. Why aren't you doing all that cool crap in your own life?" So, um I just want to be crystal clear about that. If you get that wrong in your work, you'll never be fruitful. The key for all of us being really fruitful is recognizing that we need our own we need our own help. We need yeah. grace. We mm -hmm. need forgiveness. For me and my life, I need the grace and the mercy of a loving God who cares for me and who will bring me through. All of my clever thoughts and my speaking sounds great to other people. but it won't make me a good dad to my son it won't yeah. make me a good partner to my to my girlfriend and it certainly won't help my business as you know i'm the worst businessman who's ever lived so <laughs> you could help me with my business then bella i love you lots god bless you okay uh thank you so much john uh i could keep talking forever so um yes we'll, we'll cut it off but This really really great yeah and, and we'll chat soon okay bye love you lots. bye sweetie bye